listening to the Echo Community Church Podcast. We have a passion for being and making disciples of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we hope this podcast inspires you to take another step. Let's join our pastor for today's teaching from the Bible. All right, we've been talking about a strong, powerful, and famous leader of Israel by the name of Samson. Now, if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, it's okay. I'll catch you up one more time. Got it? Right. <laughs> now, his story begins even before he was born. Can we go to the next slide, guys? Thank you. Uh, even before that he was born, God sent an angel to Samson's parents, sent him to his mom, and then to his dad. And God told Samson's parents that he was going to save Israel, deliver them from the Philistines through their son. Okay? So the Israelites had an enemy at this time. Does anybody remember who the Israelites' enemy was at this time? Philistines. We're Philistines, okay? The Dominican pronunciation is Philistines. Got it. Thank you, Moses. The Philistines. We can go to the next slide. The Philistines were wicked and violent people. Now, I realize this is a kid's picture. We couldn't show you all the stuff they were doing in this one. They're just stealing the Israelite sheep. Uh, but the Philistines were wicked people, guys. They weren't, they weren't good people. They did not love God's people. They didn't love God. They actually worshipped their own God called Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but one of the things they did to worship their God, we worshipped our God in a lot of different ways, right? We, we sing songs to God. We treat people right. We give. We, we do lots of different things to worship the Lord. The Philistines worshipped their God by taking their children and sacrificing them to their God. They're very wicked and violent people, and they didn't like God at all. They hated God, they hated the Israelites, and they did not want the Israelites living where they were. And so the Philistines started bullying and fighting against and threatening the Israelites, and God saw what was going on, and God said, I'm going to make a promise to deliver the Israelites to the Philistines, and his goal was to use Samson, who's going to bring Samson into the world, and use Samson to deliver the Israelites. And so God set a boy named Samson apart, and he told his parents, I'm going to use him to destroy and punish the Philistines. Next picture. God told Samson's parents, before he was born, he said, it's very important for you to raise Samson the right way. You need to raise him to know me very well. You need to raise him and teach him all of my commandments and all of my rules and all of my laws. It's very important for Samson to get to know me and get to love me. How many of you have ever been here when we've done a baby dedication in church? Let me see your hands. Okay. We take a little child or a little baby and we bring them up front and we pray over the family and they commit to raising their child. You realize that if the baby's really little, they don't remember any of this, do they? They don't remember it. But the parents are saying, we realize we have a serious responsibility to raise our child the right way, to raise our child God's way. And that's what Samson's parents understood. They said, we've got to raise our child God's way. He's got to know the Bible. Back in those days, it was just really the Old Testament script. There's a few of the Old Testament scriptures they had. They have to know God's laws. He has to know God's rules. God said, I want you to never cut his hair. His hair was never cut from the day Samson was born. And every time he looked at his hair, it was a symbol that from birth, he had never cut off his relationship with God. And so it became a real reminder of the purpose that God had for his life. So Samson's parents did the very best they could. Did the very best they could. And we talked about this. 
They did the best to teach their, their son right from wrong, to teach him to love God, to teach him to know God, and to obey God. But here's my question. Some of you know this. But did Samson always obey God? He didn't. Sometimes he made his own, he made his own choices. He didn't always do that. Next illustration. For example, let me tell you. One of God's, how many of you have rules in your house? Now, if you, you know, some of you are like, I've moved the children out, there's no more rules. How many of you have rules in your house? How many of you have rules in the house or the apartment you grew up in? Yeah? Grown-ups, do you remember what some of your rules were when you were a kid? you remember what some of them were? Probably with, you know, what were some of, what were some of your rules? Give me one. You need to announce yourself when you walk into a room. Okay, Moses says in his house you needed to announce yourself. Before you came into the room. So you didn't startle or surprise or embarrass anybody. And they're like, okay. That's a, we don't have that one. I would like that one. I think it might be too late for me to institute that in my house retroactively. Okay, you had to announce yourself before you came in the room. I'd like to do that around the office. Uh, I think in fact, in fact, team, let's write that down. Tuesday's meeting, you must now announce yourself. Or at least announce me before I come into the room. Any other rules? Clean up all. The Lord loves that one. She said, clean up after yourself. Doesn't, don't you feel the pleasure of God? When Connie said that. How well, those of you that have kids, how well does that go in your house? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would not be a success story in that one either. One more. What, what was the rule in your house growing up? Everybody stay at the table until dinner is finished. Whoa! I'm going to have you come over to my house and do a small class. Everybody had to stay at the table until dinner is finished. Our, at our house, it usually happens if one of the boys wants to go do something. And we say after dinner, they try and inhale their dinner in one bite and bounce before dinner is done. You know, and you know how that conversation usually goes if it's not going well. We say, well, no, you need to stay at the table until dinner is done. Well, my dinner is done. Well, my dinner's not done, son. We want you to stay around. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I'm not finished. Why do I have to stay here? So we can visit with each other. And he's like, this is not visitable, you know? And he's just kind of goes down the middle. <laughs> I'm just picking. I'm just picking on my boys. Yeah, God had rules. God's rules weren't to punish the Israelites or to make their lives miserable. God's rules were for his people's best. He understood that if we decided how to live our life, we might not always get it right. And he helped them out. He said, I'm going to show you the fences and the boundaries of life. And if you live inside those fences, life's going to be good for you. But if you go outside those fences and you do your own thing, that's where danger is. That's where death is. That's where starving is. That's where struggle is. I want you, he gave the rules. And one of the rules that he gave to the Israelites, he says, don't marry any of the Philistine women. Don't marry them. When you want to get married, find another person who believes like you do, has faith in God like you do, and marry them. But one day, Samson, when he got older, he went down to a Philistine village named Timnah, and he ran into a beautiful Philistine woman. And he fell head over heels in love with her. And he was tempted. He was tempted to disobey God and marry her. Do you know what temptation means? Some of you grown-ups do. Okay, we go to the next illustration. Temptation is, I kind of call it, it's kind of like a magnet. Right? Temptation is, next bullet, um, a strong attraction to do something I want to do, but I shouldn't do. It's like if you've ever taken a magnet and you put like a paper clip, the closer that paper clip gets to the magnet, it's like there's this force field from the magnet drawing it in. 
The Bible says being tempted isn't in itself a bad thing. We're all tempted. Jesus was tempted. Jesus had to face the opportunity to do things that disobey God. Temptations when you feel that strong attraction. And what temptation is, it gives you one of two choices when you're tempted. You either disobey God and break his rules, or you resist that temptation. You move away from it and you obey God instead. So temptation isn't a bad thing in and of itself. But the closer you get to doing that thing you shouldn't do, the more likely you are to do it, the farther away from it you move, the less likely Samson faced temptation all through his life. And we face temptation. Samson was tempted to do something wrong, to marry a Philistine, and God said, don't do it. And you know what Samson did? He disobeyed God. And he married the Philistine. And I want you to know that that marriage ended very badly for Samson, and ended very badly for his wife, and ended very badly for his wife's parents, and it ended very badly for a bunch of other people. Now, how do, here's my question. How do you think God felt when he watched Samson, his chosen God? When he watched him know better but not do better. He knew better but he didn't do better. He told him over and over and over again, son, don't do this. I've got a perfect plan for you. And he said, I'm going to do what I want to do. How do you think God felt when he watched Samson disobey him? Sad, disappointed, frustrated. Some of you are too young to understand this, but some of you have taught a child, or you've coached a child, or you've raised a child, or you're raising a child. How do you feel when you bend over backwards to tell somebody, here's the right way to go? Take my advice. Chris, you probably see this in construction all the time. You're telling people to trust you. If you do it this way, good things will happen. If you ignore me, no matter what you think, it's not going to work out. How do you feel when, despite your best efforts, someone ignores your counsel and does wrong anyway? not good. It's frustrating. What do you think Samson deserved here? What do you think God should have done when Samson broke the rules? What happened in your house growing up when you broke the rules? I won't ask you to yell out your stories. Some of you probably are still thinking of those days every night when you go to sleep you're remembering what happened, right? In my house there was, and when going to details, there was punishment. There was discipline. I grew up before timeout was a thing. <laughs> we'll save that message for another day. But some of y'all know. <laughs> he had to go back backyard and cut that. No, no, no. That was way back in the day. I grew up before they counted to three or counted to ten. Right? Somehow I survived. Um, that's what God should have done, maybe. I don't want to say what God should have What God could have done. Samson deserved punishment. He broke God rules. But you know what? God didn't give Samson punishment here. You know what he gave him? He gave him something else. You can go to the next, you can go to the next slide, next picture. God gave him something else called grace. Now we sang about that earlier. I wonder if you know what grace is. Grace is, I'll give you, I'll give you something here. You can go to the next bullet. Grace is when God gives me better than what I truly deserve. A bunch of different definitions, okay? Um, Grace and mercy are two words we hear a lot in the Bible when it talks about God. Grace is getting something that we that we that, uh, grace is getting something we don't deserve. Mercy is when we don't get something that we do deserve. So they're very closely linked. Samson deserved 
punishment. Kids, you deserve time out or being grounded. You deserve something because he broke God's rules. But God decided, you know, I could punish him right here. I need to teach him. He needs to learn from his But instead, God gave him grace. God gave him another chance. In fact, if you read the story, God actually gave him special supernatural power to get out of this situation. It's almost like God rescued him. Now, Samson didn't deserve that. I know some of you are thinking, that's not fair. When I break the rules, I get in trouble. How Did God let him get away with it? The answer is no, God didn't let him get away with it. God gave him grace. How do you want God to treat you when you break his rules? Do you want him to punish you right away? Or do you want another chance to learn? Do you want grace? Second bullet. Grace is an opportunity for me to change how I feel in my heart about disobeying God. There's a word that we use to change our mind, and that means repent. Samson had a chance to say, you know what? This ended really badly. I got myself in a bad situation. I know I'm not supposed to be marrying a Philistine, and everything started going south when I married her. God gave him another chance. But did Samson learn? No, he was tempted one more time. Let's keep going. Let's keep trucking along. 20 years later. That's a long time. That's a lot longer than some of you have been alive for me. That's just like a blink of an eye, right? I've been alive more than double that. Um, some of you are going on five times that. So uh, here's two, right? 20 years later, Samson went to another Philistine city. You know who he met? He met another beautiful Philistine woman. He was tempted to sin one more time. And he did. And I told Pastor Zach, I'll let him talk to the student ministry all the details of this story. <laughs> but for, in this room, I'll just say it this way. One night, he was visiting this beautiful Philistine woman, and he decided to spend the night at her house. He started to sleep over there. And he fell asleep there. And while Samson was asleep in the Philistine city of Gaza, at this beautiful Philistine woman's house that he wasn't supposed to be at, and he was breaking God's rule, some of the Philistine men found. See, Samson loved Philistine women, and Philistine women loved Samson, but Samson did not get along well with Philistine men, and the Philistine men hated Samson. Samson was a problem to them. Samson just used God's strength to destroy their crops. Samson used God's strength to destroy their people. Samson was the leader of Israel for 20 years, and they wanted him gone. And when they found out he was asleep at this woman's house, they came up with a plan. They said, when it's morning time, as soon as he walks out of her door, let's jump on him and attack him and kill him, and then we'll be rid of Samson. Why they didn't kill him at night, I don't know, but they didn't. Now, Samson broke God's rule one more time. Yeah, one more time. One more time you broke the rule, right? I, I said that three times. I didn't mean to do that. He broke God's rule again. Now, if, as a parent, as a coach, as a teacher, as a babysitter, right? When you lay down the rules and they break them once and you give them grace, but they break them again. Usually that's all we need to be like, all right, no more grace. It's punishment. But God didn't punish Samson this time. He gave him grace. In fact, the Bible says Samson woke up before morning and somehow he found out about this plan and he's like, I'm in a bad part of town. I'm in trouble. I need to get out of here. This is a bad choice. This is a hot day. This is a bad choice, right? 
So he walks out of the house and he's going to try and escape the city of Gaza, only he comes up with a problem. Gaza was a walled city. It had a big wall built around it and it had a giant gate in the front of the city and it was locked. Samson was locked inside with no way out. And here probably what he deserved was to be caught. He deserved to be caught. He was tempted. He sinned. He wasn't learning his lesson and he deserved to be caught. But God had made a promise to Israel that he was going to take care of them through Samson. And unfortunately, Samson was not a perfect man. Samson was flawed. He was broken. He was disobedient. He was sinful. But God made a purpose. And the choice that he made was, I'm going to still honor my word. I guess I'll just have to work through a broken, flawed, disobedient man by giving him grace so that I can save my people just like I said I would. So God sent Samson his special strength one more time. You know what he did? He grabbed hold of the gate. And he pulled the gate and the hinges completely up out of the ground. You can go to the next illustration. He put them on his shoulders and he walked out of the city with the gates on his shoulders to the top of a mountain and just javelin them right in the ground right there. Crazy. But what does that show us? It shows us this thing that even though Samson was being disobedient and Samson deserved punishment, Samson deserved discipline, God made a decision as a dad in that moment, he looked at the big picture and he says, I could give Samson punishment. It's my right. But I'm going to choose instead to give him grace. And when God gave Samson grace, Samson remained the leader of Israel. They continued to beat back the Philistines. And he gave Samson another chance to say, you know what? I need to stop going to Philistine cities. And chasing after Philistine women. God told me not to, but that wasn't good enough. I met a, met a wife and got married, and that was a bad situation. And now I went down to another city, met another woman, and I almost got killed. I should probably change my heart and change my thinking about what I'm doing. But did Samson change his ways? No, he sinned one more time. Now the part of the story that you're probably familiar with. You can go to the next picture. Now, this is the last part of the story. Short time later, Samson goes to another Philistine city. There's a lesson in here about going to the wrong places repeatedly, looking for trouble. And usually if you go looking for trouble, guess what you find? Trouble. He found trouble <laughs> in the name of Delilah. He went, to, now some of you, most of you heard this story, so I'm not going to go into as much detail here. He went to the Philistine, or Philistine, city of Zorah, and he meets another beautiful Philistine woman. Her name is Delilah. You can go to the next illustration. Here's the thing, the Philistine leaders, all the Philistine male leaders, they noticed, here comes Samson again, and guess what? He's fallen in love with another one of our women, but here's our chance. They saw his weakness. And they had a secret meeting with Delilah. And they said, and here's what the Bible says. Each one of these men, each one of these leaders said to her, I will personally give you more wealth, more money than you could ever imagine. All of them promised this. They bribed her. They said, we're going to give you so much money, you'll never have to work another day in your life. We're going to give you more money than you can ever imagine. Here's what we need you to do. We need you to find out from your new boyfriend what gives him his strength. There's a whole lesson in there. I could really nerd out here, but I won't. 
But why, why they wanted to know and what theologians think about that, what scholars think about that. They, we want to know the secret of their strength because they wanted him gone. And she said, hmm, I could have Samson or more money than I could ever imagine. And she said, I'll take more money than I could ever imagine. It wasn't a gold or silver, silver digger. I don't know what she was. But they, she just said, okay, I'll take it. Can't blame her, right? So she goes back. And she and Samson are spending a lot of time together. And the Bible, the language the Bible uses in this next scene is that one night they were kind of half joking around. You can go to the next illustration. They were half joking around. And Delilah kind of jokingly says to Samson, tell me how you're so strong. And Samson thinks they're joking around. So he doesn't give her a serious answer. He says, oh, just tie me up with some old ropes and, and I won't be strong anymore. Well, he didn't know that she had a plan. And so that night, she ties him up with old ropes while he's sleeping. You can go to the next slide. And she wakes him up and says, Samson, Samson, you're under attack. And, and she thought that it was going to keep him tied up. But nope, he broke free from the ropes. Now, Delilah, she wasn't really joking. She really wanted to capture Samson. And so she's a little bit upset here. So she goes back to Samson one more time and asks him, you need to tell me. She's like, you don't really love me. If you really loved me, you would tell me the secret of your strength. And here's Samson's probably having a little battle with his conscience. He's thinking, I don't know if this is such a good idea. The last time I told somebody I was married to my strength, or, you know, my secret, it fit me. So I'm not going to do that again. So he says, well, you know, here, here's the thing. You tied me up with old ropes. If you tie me up with better ropes, then my strength will be gone. So he goes to sleep. She ties him up, and you know what happens? Next, next illustration, he breaks free again. And now she's even more mad. You can go to the next illustration. She's even more mad. She comes back to him, and she asks him again and again and again. She asks him a third time, and he doesn't tell the truth, and he breaks free, and finally she has had enough. And I keep wondering, Samson, dude, <laughs> yeah. have you ever been with somebody, and they're just so in love? And you're like, this, this dude is bad news. But she just doesn't see it. You ever been with somebody that just, you see all the flaws in a relationship they're in and they can't see it? Or maybe you've been the one in the relationship and you didn't see it and they say, oh my goodness, if I would have noticed five years ago, I guess love is blind, I don't know. But for whatever reason, Samson is still with Delilah. And she's still nagging him. And the Bible says she pestered him almost to death. And she says, I'm going to ask one more, one more time. I'm going to ask one more time. And you better tell me the truth. And Samson finally says, okay. I've been growing my hair out ever since I was born. And this is a sign that I'm holy to God. And no one's ever cut my hair. And if you cut off my hair, he said, if my head gets shaved, and please don't make any comments about me, okay? He said, if my head gets shaved, <laughs> if my head gets shaved, I'll lose all my strength. God's spirit will leave me. And she recognized he was telling the truth. So she sent word back to the leaders and she said, I got it. I got it. I got the secret. That night, the Bible says he fell asleep on Delilah's lap. Zach, I'll leave that one for you and, uh, and your youth ministry for another issue. He fell asleep on Delilah's lap. And when he fell asleep, next illustration, she called in people and they cut off his hair. And you know the story, what happened next. She wakes him up, says, Samson, 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 you're under attack. And he gets up just like he did the first three times and he gets ready to fight everybody off and throw hands. And he realized, the Bible says, he didn't know right when he woke up that the Lord had left him. That's a scary place to be, friends. If you get to a place, grown-ups, listen to me. 
if you get to a place where you don't even recognize that God has left you, it's a dangerous place to be. We want to walk so close to God that the moment something gets between us, we recognize that. We repent, we repair, and get restored. He didn't recognize that. And so the Philistines capture him. God has spirit of love. And this time, God did not give Samson grace. God did not rescue Samson. God did not bail him out. God finally said enough. And God's spirit left Samson. And now all these times you think that Samson got away with it time after time after time. And listen, you don't get away from stuff. You don't get away with stuff. With God. God gives us grace, but don't think for one moment that God is excusing our sins. Sometimes you can mistake God's grace for God's permission. God wasn't giving Samson permission, he was giving him grace. And Samson didn't learn his lesson. And finally this happens. And so it's kind of gory what happens next. The Philistines captain, you can go to the next illustration. I'll just read it to you because we're out of time. Let me just read it to you. There's a lot of other pictures I could have showed for this, but I chose this one. Um, let me read you from Judges chapter 16. The Philistines captured him and they gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza. Remember Gaza? Gaza was the city where he tore off the gates. They took him to Gaza. They bound him with bronze chains and they forced him to grind in the prison. But before long, his hair started to grow back. I've been praying for the anointing of Samson for years. Uh, next illustration. I'm going to keep reading, and the kids, I want you to listen, because in the Bible we get our phrase. It's coming up here soon. When the, the Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their god, Dagon. They said, our god has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. Next illustration. When the people saw him, they praised their god, saying, our god has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. The people demanded, bring out Samson so he can entertain us. So he was brought from prison to have entertained them. And they had Samson stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Next illustration. Now listen up. Here we go. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, Put my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there, and about 3,000 men and women on the roof were watching as Samson entertained them. Here we go. Samson prayed to the Lord. Ever wonder what Samson was thinking about after he got captured and lost his strength and had to go back to work? This gives us a clue as to what he was thinking about. He says, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temp temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And then the next illustration. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. I wish this had a nice pretty ending. But in a way, it kind of shows that Samson had a change of heart and a change of mind at the end of his life. And I want to show this to you. So here's where we're going to end. Let me, let me give you a couple of lessons from the life of Samson. First of all, and kids, you might want to finish up the activity sheets here. If there's any blanks you have left to fill in or anything you need to color in, just take a look over those because we're almost done and I want to make sure you all get your, get your prize at the end, okay? If we have to buy more prizes, we'll do that, okay? Um, when possible, grown-ups, listen to this, please. Students especially listen to this. Trust me on this one. I know I'm older than you are. 
trust me on this, when it's possible, and I'll just say this, it's not always possible, but when it is, it is safer to flee from temptation than to fight it. Now, it's not always possible, okay? Sometimes you can't run away from the temptation. You have to face it and resist it. But when it is possible, listen to me, grown-ups, men, fellas, what's tempting you right now? Don't say it out loud. Ladies, women, what temptation are you facing right now in your life? What is drawing you in? What is the thing you know you shouldn't be involved in that you really want to? What is the thing that you've been giving into? And how do you feel about that? I want to tell you something. I used this illustration with, with uh, one of my boys the other night. Not about a sin thing, but about temptation. And in our house, it was like, listen, you know, after a certain amount of time, you've had enough candy for the day. And if you know that you've had your limit of candy and you still want to have more candy, here's what I don't recommend you doing. Don't go over to the pantry where the candy is, open the door, get right up to the candy bowl and get your nose as close as you can to it and just stare at it and think about eating it. You are much more likely to give in to your temptation to have candy if you're in the pantry with your nose against the glass looking at the candy than if you keep that door closed and don't go near it. There's a lesson in there for all of us. My friends, I want you to know temptation, it's normal for us to face temptation, but you have two choices. You entertain it, or you resist it. We have help because Jesus was tempted in every way like we were, like we are, and yet he didn't sin. And so in that example, I said we need to follow the example of Jesus, not the example of Samson. Next one, just keep moving here. It's dangerous to misunderstand God's grace. I was trying to think of how to explain this to everybody, but I'll just say it this way. Samson made a huge mistake. Every time he broke the rules, not every time, but a bunch of times when he kept breaking God's rules, he didn't get punished. It looked like he got away with it. Now, if you look into the story, he didn't always get away completely, completely scot-free. People he cared about died. Sometimes he almost lost his life. He probably got embarrassed a few times. But he kept breaking God's rules. And as a parent, God looked down and God was looking at a big picture. And God had to decide on each occasion, how do I deal with Samson? Because Samson was God's chosen person. And if, God, if Samson totally blew it and totally couldn't move forward and God disciplined him, all of Israel would suffer. It's just like a parent who says, all right, I told my child to stop rocking back and forth on their chair. And in our house, we're going to lean back on the chair. And every time you see your child lean back on that chair, you've got options. Do I discipline them right away and put them in timeout or count? You know, do I put them in timeout or other discipline? Is he leaning back on the chair and I decide, you know what, maybe I don't need to clamp down this hard this time. Maybe I just say, listen, if you don't put that chair down by the time I get to three, then you give yourself more time to come up with something else, right? Or maybe you just say, you know what, he has, or she has tilted back on that chair every night for the last two weeks. What's the worst thing that could happen? They could fall over, they could crash, they could hurt themselves, but they might learn their lesson if I let it fall. You see, parents, every one of us have these moments in our life where we have to decide how to discipline our children. You know what we're trying to do? You know what the biblical, discipline is a Bible idea. Now discipline with love is redemptive. Discipline without love is abuse, and you need to know the difference between the two. 
The point of discipline is to teach us how to live a better life. The point of discipline is to get us to think, you know what we really want our kids to do? We want our kids to be like, ooh, I shouldn't tip back on my chair. That's dangerous for me. I could fall down, and I'd have to be taken to the hospital. My parents would have this complicated plan. Well, I don't know if they have enough of the copay or the deductible or the HSA. That was going to put them in stress. I, mean, I really shouldn't do this because of all the different things. Might be. That's what we want people to do, right? We want people to make good decisions on their own. And discipline helps us move in that direction. To not have to depend upon everybody else to tell us what to do. But Samson didn't understand that he was getting grace. He thought he was getting God's permission. He said, look at my life. I'm still doing good things for God. His power is still coming upon me. His gifts are coming upon me. I'm still being a great Sunday school teacher and a worship leader. I'm still giving good offerings. I still have a good position in the church. And yet I'm doing all these other things. God must be okay with all that. The good must cancel out the bad. He made a terrible mistake because God was giving him grace. He thought God was giving him permission. He thought he was getting away with it, but there came a day where Samson realized I wasn't getting away with all of this. I was just building up trouble for myself until it all came crashing down. I'm thankful for God's grace, aren't you? I'm thankful because you know what? Punishment, God doesn't put us in time out. God said there's one punishment for sin, and that's death. How many of you want to get your punishment every time you sin? I don't. But there's a solution to all of this. Let me keep going on. It's dangerous to misunderstand God's grace. Last one. Last one. God can, re- here's the beautiful thing. God can restore us even after our worst sins. I love Samson's last prayer. I love it. Think about this. He, of anybody else in history, could be really bitter at God. Because God bailed him out, bailed him out, bailed him out, and then finally God didn't bail him out anymore. God left Samson. And because God left Samson, he got beat up really bad. He lost his eyes. He was bound and put in prison, and there were no other Israelites around him. He was the only believer in God in the whole city. And if there's anybody that could have made a case to say, I've got a really difficult, tough life, and it's all because God could have helped me, and he did it. It could have been Samson. But you know what? The Bible shows us that while he was, while he was being disciplined, while he was punished, actually what would have been far worse is if the Philistines, when they captured him, would have killed him, because he would have never had a chance to repent. But he's like, I'm still breathing. And if you're still breathing, there's still a chance. And he prays this beautiful prayer. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, help me just one more time. We serve a one more time, God. I want you to know that. He was one of probably the worst sinners in the history of Israel. And yet he cried out to God. He still believed in God. He still thought God would be helpful. He still thought God would be merciful. But this time he repented. He changed his mind. He drew his hair back. He changed his mind about the way that he was living. And God heard him. And God restored him. And you're like, well, then why did the story end so bad? It didn't really, if you look at it this way. Trivia question. What was God's initial plan for Samson's life? What was he supposed to do? Do you remember? What did he tell? What did God say to the angel? To tell him. He said, I'm going to use your son to defeat the Philistines. And do you know what Samson's last thing he did in his life was? He, listen, he gave up his life to fulfill God's purpose. He stretched out his arms, unlike anybody else you know. He stretched out his arms. And he pushed down the pillars and destroyed all of the Philistine leaders 
And all 3,000 people, he gave this. This wasn't a man who was depressed and ended his life. This was a man who said, I want my life to matter to something, and I will give my life to fulfill God's call for me. And God answered his prayer. It's a big arrow that points us to Jesus. What would I tell you to do with all this? I would say this. Number one, friends, those of you that can, that can understand what I'm about to say, stop playing around with temptation. Stop it. You know better. God sees. God sees the choices you're making in your heart. And don't think because you haven't been exposed for what's going on that he doesn't see it. Today is an opportunity for you to have another moment where you can say, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of the guilt. I'm tired of the shame. I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to be free. And friend, for you, there is repentance. There is forgiveness. There is restoration available to you through Jesus, not through your hard work. Through Jesus. Well, how can you say that that's available to me through Jesus? Because watch this. The whole story of Samson is not about a God who excuses our bad behavior. It's not what it's about. The story of Samson is about a God who wanted to be inseparable with his people. He wanted to be inseparable with the Israelites. He always wanted to be together with them, but Israel didn't want to be together with God, and they chose their own way. And God could have just written them off, but he said, no, I love them enough that I'm going to try and find a way to build them back. Because of their bad decisions, they're having problems with their enemies, but I want to win them back, and so I'm going to send somebody into the world and I'm going to send somebody in the world, and that person needs to be completely obedient, completely faithful. And if that man will be completely obedient, faithful, I will use that man to deliver them from their enemies and restore our relationship. And so he sent Samson into the world, and Samson was completely a failure. He was disobedient. He did his own thing. He kind of half followed God and half did his own thing. He still loved God, but he loved doing his own thing. And God said, now I'm in a, now I'm in a pickle. I made a promise. That I was going to deliver my people. And I was going to use a human being to do it. But now he messed up. So what do I do? Do I punish him? Do I punish the people? And God just said. I, God just chose to redeem his people. By giving grace to a sinful man. And I want you to know God is still using broken and sinful people like you and me. By giving us grace. So eventually God had to deal with Samson. And Samson when he repented. He said I will stretch out my arms. And I will give my life to fulfill your call. The problem is, just a couple chapters later, this whole cycle repeats itself again. Samson wasn't enough to repair the relationship between God and his people. And it really wasn't enough until God sent another person into the world by the name of Jesus. He sent him to parents and said, I need you to raise a person who's going to be very special. He needs to be completely obedient. He needs to fulfill my purpose. And God sent Jesus into the world. Jesus was different than Samson. He was completely obedient. Unlike Samson, he was tempted all the time and he didn't sin. He obeyed God. Unlike Adam, he went into a garden and was tempted to sin and he didn't. And like Samson, he stretched out his arms and he gave his life to defeat all of our sin. To pay the penalty for all of our sin forever. And unlike Samson, he didn't stay dead. He is alive. He rose from the dead. He's alive today. His presence is here. And he wants to make you new. He's got a good plan for your life. But friends, if you want to experience God's best, it means resisting temptation. It means living with being completely thankful for God's grace. And it means a life of obedience to him. And no matter how bad you've messed up, here's a moment for you to say, God, I, 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 I repent. 
I'm going to keep going down this trail. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Echo Community Church Podcast. If today's message impacted you, or you want to talk about one of the topics we discussed today, email us at info at echochurchmd.com. We would love to connect with you online. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching our church name, Echo Community Church. Send a message or leave a comment to at Echo Community Church and let's continue the conversation. And if you live locally in Baltimore County, Maryland, we invite you to our Sunday worship experience. You can find out more on our website at echochurchonline.com.